This video contains major spoilers for the books. If you have not read the entire series, certain elements will be revealed to you for the first time here instead of their proper context. Continue at your own discretion. I'm Max. I'm Rebecca. And I'm the Geeky Hippie. Welcome to What the Adaptation, your review show for adaptations from one medium to another. Tonight, we're reviewing Wheel of Time's Episode 4, The Dragon Reborn. Let's start with Max. We're doing the week. The scene that was your standout or bad scene of the episode. What would you say yours is, Max? Happy Magger. With, with the, the dagger. Yep. Let's hear why. Great all-around scene. We had crap, Matt's killed everybody. All of a sudden, he looks all possessed, holds the dagger like it's nothing, and points at a fade and says, I see you. Well, you can't forget the mashed hour on his chin. Yeah. You yeah. <sighs> <laughs> forgot to wipe his face. I have to say, like, what you said about, like, you know, thinking that, like, Matt had killed the Grinwells. Like, I, you know, of course, I think we all are supposed to have that thought. And then I was like, afterwards, I'm like, this is the only time I will ever be like, oh, thank the light when a fade shows up because that's exactly how i reacted i was like oh okay thank goodness it wasn't that <laughs> right i admit i was a little i didn't wouldn't have thought matt would have killed the family any anyway, even with the dagger but i had seen video by john from what up mm -hmm. where he was talking about some i guess you could call it leaks it was an act by amazon prime video of you know how they do their little like episode review or episode recap things on the amazon prime mm -hmm. and it was two still type things revealing info on two different scenes from this episode mm. and one of them included a recap of what happened at the grinwells oh, and okay. wow. it included the fact that it looked like matt killed them but then a fade shows up and you realize a fade did it okay so I went into the scene knowing you knew there it. was a fade there. But I also knew this is Matt. Yeah. Even with the dagger, Matt's not her a family. This bed has two kids. Yeah, no, that would be pretty far gone for the dagger. I mean, at that point, he hasn't yeah. had it that long. Yeah. yeah, and it's just completely, it's not in Matt's nature. Matt, no matter how far gone Matt is with the dagger, Matt's not going to kill kids. It doesn't really work that way either. Like it's, no. you know, it's it. at least if we're going off of how the dagger works in the book, we don't really know much about it in the show, but assuming that there is some consistency there, it doesn't really work that way. Right. It's just and, in that moment, you're like, holy crap, what just happened? Right. And especially show Matt, who's so devoted to children. Yeah, true. But, you know, we do see in that scene, like he's basically sleepwalking. Yeah. His yeah. eyes are like glazed over, so you don't know what he did. Very, where he had any control very over translate. it's very translate that's so interesting like i mean it's almost like because of the way he's like holding the dagger out like that is like the dagger like led him there like yeah. it's it led him to the fade yeah that's what it seems like yeah. It, yeah if anything that dagger wants to kill shadow spawn i guess so yeah and it sensed it yeah and it used him to well, walk there and that brings up and this is a this is a book, but we are a spoiler show, so everybody knows that. It, it, it goes back to what was it, Balthamel or Agatha said at the Eye of the World in the books, you know, oh, yep. about we, we track an old enemy, an old friend. Oh, right. And, mm -hmm. you know, 
even though Mashadar more came about during the Trolloc Wars, long after the War of Power, long after the Forsaken were bound in Sheogul, after that, that evil came about, they were bound. Somehow that evil is an old evil. Mm-hmm. And yeah. somehow they knew it back in the Age of Legends. So, you know, that evil has a history with the Dark One, with the Shadow. So they track each other. Right. That's probably so, how the Fade found them there specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to add that, like, I mean, I think the reason why that whole scene is, is so powerful, too, is because you had the scene previously between Matt and the little girl. Oh, good. Which yeah. was, yeah, just the way it's that so they co- connected. Yeah. yeah. Rebecca, what's your watch take? Good so, or bad? I mean, for me, like, there's a lot of fantastic moments in this episode, but the most, you know, jaw-dropping, memorable moment of the whole episode was, you know, the whole sequence at the end culminating in a raging sun. Nynaeve is the raging sun. Yes. We're not worthy of Nynaeve. <laughs> We're definitely not worthy of Nobody Nynaeve. Nobody <laughs> is worthy of Queen Nynaeve. Maybe Outland and Dragoran. Maybe. <laughs> no, he's not worthy. No, either. not even. Okay. Not even. He's pretty good. Not even, Land. All right. Yeah, no, Nynaeve is the best. Um, no, it was just, it was, um, it was like so, in some ways, unexpected. Like I, I would never have, you know, anticipated a scene like that going into it. But at the same time, as it's like, as you're getting closer and closer to that moment and you're seeing the, like the destruction that's happening. And, and, and at that moment, I'm like, Nynaeve's got to heal. Like sh- she's going to heal. Like there, she just can't not heal. She has and, to. And that was sort of like, it almost seemed like that was literally like what her, you know, her instincts were also doing. Like she didn't know what she was doing, but she just like, she couldn't not heal and so she did and she had to yeah. it was that's who she is yeah yeah it, it is who she is and 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 we also see you know the way that like the connection that she's been forming with lan over the past like two episodes um is also like sort of the precipitating reason for it at that moment because he is the most dire in that moment he's the closest to death and um and she goes to him and she's just like, no, this man will not die. And she doesn't let him. And I'm really buying the developing relationship between those two. Yes. I never bought it in the books. Even There's not all much the there. Way- not much I, there. I never bought the relationship between the two of them, even all the way up to oh, really? who, rides, who rides for Tarmaga. You know, oh, none no. of it. Even when she forced him to ride. I'm, okay. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. They're in love. They're married okay sure but i i just never bought that they fell in love because it was just like well they didn't win. skip over that part right we didn't win, see them you know? falling in love yeah yeah now we're actually seeing it happen and oh it's so it, awesome it makes sense it, <laughs> it's it, it, so it's, awesome it's beautiful yeah. watching them fall in love because it seems so natural yeah you know you know and, in the show it's a lot more obvious in the books too that's well it needed to be part. right yeah we, we needed to see like how it's happening and and i and i love the things that they've pulled out from it right like you know she tracks him she she sneaks up on him he is like totally flabbergasted by that and like that's just what is on his mind and she yeah. she kind of knows it and he's like um i'm going back to last episode but you know where um 
where he wants to know how she could attract him. And, you know, so there's that aspect and there's just like layering and all these things. And um, it's, it is beautiful. I'm all about it. And oh, I, <laughs> I can't forget the line that like, I'm just, it's again, I'm going back to last episode, but ooh, you actually tried to kill me. Like he's impressed. Yeah. I think yeah. he just is like, she's like a, something that he could never have imagined. Like all these things that Nynaeve is in one person is like, it just gets him. I just wish she hadn't been interrupted by the attack. I know exactly what he thought she was. <laughs> exactly. I, I need that to come back in later in um in the season, you know, where he finally says like what it, he always thought she was and that he was right. I need to hear did it. Did she have a horse when she caught up to them? Uh yeah, she How must did have. She, she must she must because have. Must that's have. the only yeah. way she could have caught up. I mean, it. she wouldn't leave without a horse, so I'm sure she did. You know, the thing I loved most about that scene is like they put that much awesomeness in her healing. Mm-hmm. Wait till episode eight. Oh, yeah. Like if Jeez. if that is that awesome, how awesome is eight gonna be? Mm-hmm. With with uh, yes. old boy yes. channeling his shit for the first time. Oh, mm-hmm. Boy. Mm-hmm. Like if she's the son. Yeah. 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 With, yeah, yeah. with somebody who's a one one or plus one plus plus or whatever it is plus plus one. However, Jordan yeah. wrote it. I think nine ranks above her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy. And we don't really know how that power curve works. And uh... no, this whole thing with the with <laughs> Lan and Nynaeve though had one of the three great lines from the episode. Mm-hmm. Our, you're welcome at our camp yep. as long as you can resist throwing someone into it <laughs> into the right. campfire. As long yeah. as you can resist throwing someone into it. And then that look on her face when he walked away after saying that. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that's that's me. That's fair. There's so many, like, just great lines in the show in general so far. And, like, yeah, there's been some really good lines, just, like, between, like, Lan and Nynaeve in general. Some good stuff. And Matt, of course. Yeah. He always steals the show. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes me to my Watt take. Yeah, the go water for it. camp, the water mm-hmm. campfire with Lan, Yvonne, Maxim, Stefan, and Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. Just the bonding and camaraderie there was just amazing. I, I, I loved it. And the eye opening that Nynaeve got with yeah. that, you know, seeing the warders as people and through that, seeing the Aes Sedai as people, you yeah. know, what she learned of the Aes Sedai. And I also like, I, I really like the relationship you saw between Maximum and Yvonne. You know, the, just the very casual body language that I don't think Nynaeve picked up on right away until Alana came along and took them off. And that's when she realized, oh, the three of them are going to go and have some fun. <laughs> and she's like, wait, are they? And Stefan just looks at her and grins. Yeah, yeah. That and, was and, funny. And then, and, and then Maureen goes off to her tent and Lance says, I'm tired too. And he gets up and walks off. And Nynaeve gets this funny look and Stefan just looks at her and then he grins again. Yeah. Like Nynaeve is thinking, are those two? Because yeah. Nynaeve is now wondering. Mm-hmm. Nynaeve doesn't know that there's nothing between Lan and Maureen at this point. She's wondering if that's going. Yeah, but there was sure. that other there was that other green who got one of her warders from the campfire. We didn't hear him saying anything, but there was another warder sitting yeah. at the fire on the other side, and she walked off with her and the other war her, her mm-hmm. other warder. Yeah. You know, just after just before I think Alana did. Yeah, I think I and, noticed that. Yeah. And Nynaeve noticed that, you know, and then Alana did that. It's like she's putting some pieces together. Yeah. And she's like, wait a second. What? what are they doing? (laughs) 
is this is this going no this can't just yeah her, her little uh, her little village life is uh being a little shocked there i think yeah i, I think her, and she's obviously learning about like land too because like that was where kind of where it began like they're telling stories about land and like i love the um you know them wanting to know how they met and you know lands like starting to like jump in and tell his version of the story and then Nynaeve's just like I tracked him <laughs> and he was starting to tell a very careful version of the story yes, yes. yeah because because he was worried about what she would say yeah right they don't want to give too much away yeah but I liked but, how she just was like I tracked him <laughs> I, I noticed that like you know Steppen land and all that Steppen's is kind of screwing with both land and Nynaeve at that point Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's having fun. Yeah, yeah, he's he's screwing with land by you know. Oh, she tracked you. Mm-hmm. And I also love the fact that Alan Mandagorn is apparently a shit horse. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> apparently, he's a shit horse. And, and speaking of that, how do you guys feel? We haven't discussed this yet. It's four episodes of the show and two. Their second episode. How do you guys feel about that word being used in the Wheel of Time? Wait, shit. oh yeah, um, I'm really okay with it. I. Uh, I, like I assume we're gonna get some blood and bloody ashes and stuff like that as well at some point. Um, yeah, I think uh, Raph said wait till Uno. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. He said wait till Uno. Um, so I'm just we're gonna get all that I think. But um, yeah, I don't. We I don't have mind. gotten light. We have gotten light. Yes. Used. Mm-hmm. That's we true. did get uh, blood and ashes in the origin stories. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't. The histories. That, but... Yep. The origin. Okay. Stories. I don't yeah, remember I, that. But, I don't uh, remember that. I did watch them. I just don't it was the Same, greatest yeah. order story. Okay. Oh, okay. The yeah. commander general or whatever the warders, you know, said bloody ashes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I like it being a mix. Um, I, I. I think there are some things that they have done in general that have given it all a more, I don't want to say modern, but like more like timeless feel. Like, you know, it doesn't feel like what we're watching is the past. You know what I mean? Like it's obviously, right. it's not our time, but it doesn't feel like the past, which I feel like a lot of um, fantasy often feels like that. And we don't particularly want it to feel like the past because it's both past and the future and um and so i think that they are doing things that to me is making things feel more timeless including things like the costumes and the music um and i think including a mix of curses is all is another thing that does that including things that are what we you know we might think of as modern but then they're also going to have their own you know uh yeah. slang or whatever um so I, I think that helps so one thing i could mention on adaptation wise is the TV series Deadwood. Mm-hmm. There oh, yeah. was a story, I have some article there talking about, they did a test episode of Deadwood with old-timey curse words. Mm. And they couldn't, go, they couldn't go 10 minutes without laughing their asses off. <laughs> they, they tried it, they're like, no, we're going to use real curse, our modern curse words. Yeah. And made it a very, you know, very heavy cursing show. It's probably the heaviest curse word but show ever made yeah okay i was just thinking of like you know there are shows that do introduce like their own curses um and that but um frack battlestar yeah, galactica i was thinking of frack and battlestar galactica and like and now I, i'm blanking on what they are in firefly but there's a bunch goram of 
yeah, there's a bunch of them in Firefly. But like in Firefly, then, I feel like it works because it's kind of comedic, right? The show they also has that, use like, Chinese. Yeah, they, they do. also did Chinese, right? Which is which is which is fine. Um, like I think it totally works in in Firefly, but like part of why it works is because it's kind of a comedic show, and I guess it worked in Battlestar Galactica too. Um, but uh, it was just so nat frack. It just so frack is kind of natural. Yeah, yeah. I can't recall if they had any Shadow and Bone or Witcher. I don't remember. Frack has actually been adopted across television because there are nerdy characters on other tv shows who use it because use of it battlestar galactica because their yeah. character is nerdy enough to watch battlestar galactica yeah so now on their shows they're using it i just i love it <laughs> I, there are so many shows i watch that use frack nowadays and mm-hmm. i use it all the time especially in live chats where they don't want you swearing mm-hmm. so you know i uh, okay i can't swear frack. yeah you know you could, you like could always it. you could always use all the like the good place stuff and say mother forking shirt balls Ooh, nice i've never watched that show i have oh my to. god it's so good <laughs> it's got veronica mars on there so you know. yeah in right. real time if they want to get a good coach for creative cursing mm-hmm. air gordon ramsay <laughs> you'll see i've contended for a long time that the cursing on the show should when you're using dialogue from the books or basing the scenes dialogue use the cursing of the book like light and bloody ashes mother's milk in a cup up until the point where the book then says and so and so continued in language that made somebody else blush mm. or somebody else go what you know right when and then that actually stops using the putting the actual words in quotes and just describes how horrid it was yeah and when that happens that's when you hear all the real f-bombs and whatever. the seven yeah. the seven words you know yeah. george carlin's seven words mm-hmm. well not really but mm-hmm. just a couple of words because you can say shit nowadays and yeah. i don't think shit's gonna even if we were monetized i don't think shit would demonetize a video yeah, I, well, I think anything, I suppose, if it's really excessive, but I think they mainly care about the F word. Yeah. The F word, you know, um, and the C words, the two C words. Oh, I won't yeah. use those, yeah. either of them. Even the one that's a rooster, I won't use that. Okay. <laughs> um, but All right. that's, when, that's <laughs> when you drop into the actual swear words on yeah. the show. Oh, and that's what that I've contended. Yeah. You know, that's what I've contended. All right. All right. So are, next, we, are we ready yeah, for Tavirin? Let's move on. Yeah. Tavirin in the episode. I think okay. that goes to you, Rebecca. Okay. That's me. Yeah. So, who is your number one standout character of the episode? Um, so I have to go with Logan because of the way he like bookends the episode. Um, so, what I thought was, you know, sort of moving and, and, um, powerful about him in this episode and also even though he spends a lot of the episode like you know eyes closed in a cage everything is moving around him so that's the very like Tavirin aspect of it. it's like so much of the things that are happening are moving around him in the episode and but really it's it's the bookends of the episode so the cold open that ends with him ignoring the voices that he's hearing and um, healing the king, you know, getting down on his knees and inviting him to join him. Um, It was great. I was not expecting that. That was really moving and made me really like feel something for Loghain um, and like understand like why people would follow him. So I love that. Um, And then 
you know, the very end of the episode, because I think, you know, what happened with Nynaeve was also really important for Loghain as well, like his reaction, like him saying like a raging son and then being gentled um, and, and his, his tears, the close up on his face um, as this is happening to him. And we've also had, you know, earlier in the episode, Tom talking about what happened to his nephew after he had been gentled. So we are given some context as to what this will mean for Loghain. And, um, and, and, I, and even Moiraine in that scene, I think there's a look on her face that, as this is happening to him that she's not sure that this is the right thing. I think, um, you know, there's still some doubt in her as to, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's how I took it anyway, that, you know, what Alana had said, like, what if, you know, we let the Reds gentle the dragon reborn. So there's just so many little things that are like layered into that moment and all these characters um, reacting to it. But, you know, Loghain is the heart of that. It's a good choice. What do you think of that, Max? Um, pretty good act. Did a pretty good job acting in that scene um the one thing i had a theory on is he may have made the king of galdon his warder hmm. oh because uh several possibilities there but as soon as that king was killed they shift the camera to Loghain and him breaking off that shield hmm. was that the timing of it i'd have to go back to look. pretty close yeah was, i hadn't noticed that either it was pretty close because it's before uh Stepan came in and attacked with the axes and before the other sisters came in to reshield him. Mm -hmm. So I think it was when he initially pushed everybody back okay. around that time frame. Yeah. And if you consider that as a possibility, it could also imply why that tear came down his eye too. Mm. That's okay. a good idea. That's a good thought. And yeah. how they managed to find him. Yeah. Well, that would be interesting. Actually, it would be smart for him to um, bond someone. And bond as him. we know, he was it's... learning some weaves he shouldn't have any right to learn. That's a good possibility. Interesting. Yeah, I like the choices. Uh, I like your choice of uh, Logan. He was pretty awesome. I really enjoyed that opening scene at the cat at, at Geldon. Man, like I said, that musicals, that musical mm. cue when he knelt down. Yeah, it, it it was like it, it was like something out of some religious movie. Yeah, you know, it like Jesus, you know, healing the sick or something is what it sounded like, and I'm just like, what the heck? <laughs> this is like this is like it was like wow it was like rapturous music going on when he he knelt to the king he was like i'll take anybody even my enemy join me and like oh wow this is like okay <laughs> maybe this guy is the dragon i started wondering is he the dragon is the other guy that we're expected to be the dragon like thrown out the window <laughs> you know okay maybe, maybe he is i was almost convinced for a minute there yeah you know, and I like had to convince myself, no, no, they're going with the book. They're not changing it that much. So yeah, I, I like that idea. And so far, Logan, I I was doubtful, you know, about Alvaro Morte. You know, not that he couldn't act the part, you know, play the role, but it just the fact that he's so old. You know, he's like he's my age or older. He's actually playing like 15, 20 years younger than himself. Yeah. Which you know, actors do a lot. Yeah. yeah, he's playing like he, he, he's they, they did makeup and hair to make him look a lot younger. He's playing like 30. You yeah, I, I think 30 is about right because at some point I think Lan says he's like 10 decade, years too old. Yeah, or a decade yeah. too old. Yeah. He's a good adaptation of Logan. You know, I still wonder why they chose somebody so old and why they went old with him instead of young, but 
okay, it's working. You know, maybe they wanted to have somebody a bit more gone to the madness, which, mm-hmm. you know, so far I'm seeing it makes sense, you know. Yeah. That works, you know, having Elusha and whatever the other, uh, what's somebody on Twitter calling it, Taint Puppets, Taint is what somebody <laughs> That's what the Twitter name for it. There's already a Twitter account. There's already a Twitter account named Tate Puppet. Oh, I haven't come across that yet. It's a good name for for those those figures that appeared next to him when they were talking to his ear. Just a good thing he doesn't listen to him. So yeah, that was that was kind of cool. Anyway, um, what about you, Max? Uh, It has basically be the whole Matt segment with the girl and the fade. Okay. Which one was your Which one was your tavern though, Matt? Okay. Yeah. I was saying the whole segment with Matt. Yeah. He's interacting with the girl, talking with her, the family interactions before finally see him going towards the fade. Yeah. To me, it's just a stellar performance. Mm-hmm. Bernie I, is just. I'm amazing. loving Matt so much um, in the show so far, which was kind of a, like a, a surprise to me because I did not love him until book three. Um, just like, really didn't like him so yeah i love show matt they did a lot to do that by making yeah. his parents crap i mean i'm so glad they did because I'm, there's just so many more layers and nuance to the character at this point than there was uh, at the same point in the book so i love it well i mean those layers were there you just didn't see them that's what I mean, right? I, yeah. I, I see it as they're bringing layers to his character that are there in the books, but we don't see them until later. They're bringing them forward, so yep. we see them sooner, and they gave us a reason to see them sooner. And um, I love it. Yeah, and Barty is just really good with little kids. Really, he's really good. I mean, he's just he's doing great in general. Like I, as an actor, I'm enjoying him so much. Yeah, I mean, look at Starboy. It's pretty much the exact same interaction he had going there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love exactly why they picked him i love barney's matt i really do and i i really really regret he's not coming back for season two i have i have hope that what they'll end up doing is they'll just recast barn or recast matt every season for seven seasons no 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 check this out check this out recast (laughs) them every season until we've had seven mats and then for season eight bring barney back for the final season no, that way we'll have gone to the wheel. We'll go, go, go to seven ages of the wheel. Seven ages of we'll Matt. Seven ages of Matt. And come back to come back to Matt again. It's, you know the eighth turning, and it'll be Matt again with Barney. No, I, I see the thematic resonance here, but no. <laughs> that way we get Barney back. That way we get Barney back. But yeah. you know, another thought I had, just kind of looking at your background there. The Matt cosplay is so much easier now. Just need a kind of a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta get better at pointing at everybody here. It's it's opposite what I'm my yeah. instinct wants to point. Right, so we're now to my tavern of the episode, and I gotta cheat. I can't go with one. I'm going with the Tinkers, Gramlin Grandson, Isla, and Aram. Aram in the books sucks yep. from the get-go, but Daryl McCormick is just <gasps> charming. Totally. He is charming as hell. And Isla, I love Maria Doyle Kennedy. And before she was even cast, I wanted her for the show. Years ago, I wanted her for Elida. Mm-hmm. And when she was cast, 
I was super excited. I thought, yay, she's Elida. I was sure of it. And then we found out she was Isla. And I was like, what? That's that surprising. That's, that's, that, that's a waste. No, it's not a waste. She is amazing. Hmm. The scenes with the she two. Is really good. The seeds with the two tinkers have just been amazing. I just, I mean, I mean, go figure the geeky hippie. I mean, go figure. I like the the, the, the tinkers. I mean, me too. <laughs> I just, Isla and Perrin, those scenes are just absolutely powerful. I've always loved the tinker scenes with Perrin. It, it just, I, I always found them quite moving and just the turmoil it puts Perrin through because he so wants to walk, you know, that path. And I just think what they did, what McCormick and Maria Doyle Kennedy did this episode was just, it was stellar. I mean, Aram is just so understanding and Isla is just so compassionate. And understanding, it just, it, it blows my, my mind. And so I have to give it to the two of them. Yeah. I mean, I can't really argue. Like, they're both knocking it out of the park, um, doing wonderful scenes and making these characters really rich. And you're right. Like, Aram in the book is, like, just not that likable. Like, he's kind of, you know, a brat um, or just, I don't know. He's got, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got something... That's not quite right. And, um, you know, it'll be really interesting to see where their character goes in the show. But I love that they've made him, um, you know, they're showing that he's not really a believer, right? He doesn't believe in the song. Um, and, 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 you know, he, he the rituals and stuff like that. Like, but, but it's in a, there's no anger in him at this point, you know, it just, you know, and, um, and I really like the way they added, um, a bit about how when they're 20 they go out in the world and then they make sure that this is you know for them they make sure that this is what they want and um but that you just you see so much yeah so much charm and and so much kindness in him and um yeah i love it and 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 isla is um just exactly what perrin needs you know to yep draw out some of these like inner conflicts and, and, and that, that are going on in him. So it's perfect. Yeah. Wicked man. I said, yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. <laughs> you can't say much more. Yeah, they're just they're, they're brilliant. It's a powerful scene, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all around great and you know, between the three of them, like, it was hard to choose which one. Yeah. And of course, it's- you know, we have Egwene Kind of uh, eyeing uh, Sloss's name, Aram, the whole time. Rand's playing him, huh? What say? What did oh, you think? No, I said that Egwene was kind of eyeing Aram the whole time. Oh, eyeing him, like yeah, he's a pretty boy. She's eyeing him. Well, he's yeah. not just pretty though. I mean, he is very pretty, but um, but because he was supposed to be pretty in the in the book as yeah. well, um, but. I don't blame her. I mean, he's truly he is like He I, is noticeably pretty. Yes, but I think it's just like there's just something about him. Like he's very appealing, um, as a not just in his looks, but as a person. Um, I I don't blame her. And and I like that they had it as like he 
recognizes without being told that she is in love with someone else and he brings it up so in the book i think he would have just like he wouldn't have cared right he just would have like flirted with her and tried to get her attention and all that um but here it's like he's like oh i'm i sense that you know you have something else going on and i'm not gonna like just horn in on that i'm gonna um and more than that, her about it more than that the way he said it was like out of concern for her yeah you know yeah. it was like yeah i mean the book Aaron, it was all about him you know what he could yeah. get out of it that's right yeah this 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 Aaron, it's like he really seems caring and kind Very and compassionate caring. yeah and i mean he he might not be a true believer in the way of the leaf yeah. you know and the pacifism mm -hmm. but in all the other trappings of the belief system of the of the tinkers i think he is there you know the the, the, the loving and the caring and the compassion sure yeah that the tinkers have i think he has all that right he just which is right yeah he just might be questioning you know staying with you know the you know some of the beliefs of like the song and yeah. maybe possibly you know the whole the, the the nature of the way of the leaf you know the you know dependence you know the belief in the reincarnation and all that some of those st older traditions he might be doubting so something i would add to this is that you know his likability now is just going to make it hit so much harder later okay oh, yeah. yeah yeah that's why i like it because it'll be really more interesting to see the journey that he goes on and um i might actually be invested in it whereas in the book you're just kind of like well you know i never really liked you in the first place so i'm just not that really interested in what's happening with you yeah i tweeted about that the other day that my heart was breaking for him yeah just watching that because knowing that if they you know, well, there's two options they do his storyline mm -hmm. or that shot from the trailer where we see Perrin and Egwene being rounded by the you know surrounded by the mm -hmm. white cloaks and there's Aaron laying crumpled on the ground. Yeah. We don't know if he's dead or alive laying there. Yeah. That there could be the end of his story for all. It, we it know. could be. I, I mean, was I going hope to, not. I, I hope was, they can yeah. bring Daryl McCormack back and do more. Yeah. Great. I was gonna That's mention that hoping. scene. I was mm -hmm. literally going to mention that scene about the picture we saw. Mm -hmm. He's probably not dead there. Let's mm -hmm. hope. But not. we don't know about the other tinkers. Right. Yeah. We don't know what the white cloaks have done to them. Right. We may right. not get Hopper. We might get Isla. Yeah. Oh. oh. oh don't kill Maria Doyle Kennedy. <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, Max, um, this I think that is the could... kind of thing that earned you the name Wicked Man. That, yeah. <laughs> that, that right there. But you're right. I don't think blame me. Raph kills her. Rafe, yes. <laughs> I, I so I think you make up a good point. Whereas I, I this is what I'm hoping is that I should save this for like the reading pattern section where we talk about what Mike comes next. So maybe I'll just like shut up and we'll yeah, talk right. about that. Okay. All right. Uh okay. So anybody have anything for Dragon's Fang? Max, do you want to go first? Mine is just a short, simple, sweet, the Merdral and the Grimwells. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It was yeah, just... you you killed that little girl. Yeah, yeah you suck. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Myrtle, Dan, you're a bastard. You get the dragon's yeah. fang. 
You killed that adorable little girl. How dare you? Um, <laughs> it's all because she gave up Brigitte who protected her. Oh, no. She gave up her right. warder. Brigitte, her warder wasn't protecting her anymore. Oh. Um, yeah. So mine goes to Leandrin because I'm pretty sure she deliberately was not keeping a tight hold on her shield to make sure that Loghain could break free. Oh, see, I thought, and, you were gonna, I thought it was going to be for calling Nynaeve the knave. Oh, well, yeah, there's that too. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> and like, kind of like mocking her braid. I like your is, braid. Yeah, no, don't mock the braid. I okay? can't make out your accent. Yeah, you love naive. You haven't heard me speak. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Um. Sorry. Getting a little excited here and dropping things. Um. No. So. Uh, yeah. So I'm pretty sure she like did shenanigans with her shield so that Logan could break free. And. Um. You know, we talked about how maybe she's pulling some further shenanigans that would have. Um, put Karenna in danger. I do think she definitely would have wanted um, Karenna dead. So I think she did some manipulations there and that led to that outcome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Karenna was not only a threat to her politically, but was also the block in the way of getting Logan still or gentle, which, you know, was what Leandrin was supposed to make sure it happened. I think. I think those are Leandrin's orders. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll add that, like, even though I'm giving I'm giving her the dragon's fang, like, she's a more interesting character um, to in in the show to me than she was in the book, um, where I felt like she was kind of a not a very layered villain in the books, um, and I I do see that there's. She's just a little bit more subtle um, in the show, which I appreciate. And it was interesting, the the part where she's like drawing too much of the power after Karen is, is killed. And she says it's because Loghain killed their sister. And so this is a bit incongruous. Like we would not expect her to care about that at all based on the Leandrin that we know. So, I mean, maybe she's just a lot better at like manipulation, which is kind of what I'm looking at. I mean, I am thinking that she probably wants Loghain dead and that if she is pulling too much of the power at that point, it's because she's trying to kill Loghain um, or, you know, do something that would um, allow that to happen rather than actually being upset about her any um dying but i don't know what you guys think but, but like i said she's a more interesting and more subtle character i think a lot of the reason why she's more interesting more subtle in just the writing it's kate fleetwood oh yeah who's totally. i've seen her in one other thing that i can think of she was on victoria she played the sister to queen mm -hmm. victoria i think I it was yeah, Victoria, the one with uh, Jennifer Coleman, Jenna Louise Coleman from Doctor Who. 
played Queen Victoria. She's Victoria's sister, or half-sister, I guess. Um, she's just amazing. She's an incredible actress. She is. Um, she might not fit the description of Leander at all. But... I mean, they've made her fit better um, in, in terms of how they like, did the hair and, and all that. Um, but... but... And then also playing her love her bone structure. Like I just she's playing her perfectly. Yep. Yeah. It just I saw her as Lady Lady Macbeth. She's fantastic. Um in a film or on stage? I saw her on stage. Nice. Where? Where was this? Um, New York. New York. Oh wow. With Patrick Stewart. Amazing. Oh, I would love to have seen that. So good. Oh. But you know, you can actually watch it. There is a film version of it. It's on, it was on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it still is, but um, I have seen it in the film version as well. So okay. you can check that out. I'll have to yeah, look for totally it. worth it. Because yeah. I mean, I love Patrick Stewart. And oh, yeah. She's amazing. Too. So yeah, I'd give it, it's it really I'd good. take any chance to watch her and something. As soon as I found out she was cast, I was excited. Me too. So, me too. I mean, it was like, really? As Leandrin? Well, okay. You know, that works. Bring it. I mean, not the character I would have picked, but I mean, I personally would have picked her for Elida if I was cast, mm-hmm. if I was casting somebody other than Maria Doyle Kennedy. She could have done that too. She would have been brilliant as Elida. But this is fun. I love it. Yeah. Yep. So, All right, what about you? So, Do you have a dragon's fang or no? I we covered would, it. Yep, the fade killing yeah. the Grinwells. I mean, you don't kill Helga, you know. Yeah. That's just no, no, no. You get a dragon's fang, of course. You're you're fade, so you already get a dragon's fang. Yeah. So yeah, and sure. I, I can tell you where to shove it. That fade, dra- you know, damn dra- <laughs> fade. <laughs> All no, right, no hiding in the shadows for you, fade. All right, so we go on to another turning of the wheel. This is our category of adaptation. What's the biggest change that we saw from the books to this the, the show? I go first on this one. I'm going to pick the, uh, the whole storyline we saw at the Grinwells. I think it was a good adaptation of what we saw in Eye of the World of all the different farms and villages that the boys stopped at where they either slept under hedges or slept in barns and haylofts and all that worked at farms for different families um you're only able to do that really once on the show unless you're doing like 13 14 15 episodes a season per season you know so with eight episodes you can only do it once so Crunch it down. The Grinwells, well, that's like the one name that everybody remembers. I think it's the only name we were ever given for a family on a farm. So mm-hmm. you make it there. You know, they ran into a fade in for, or was it Kings, or which city was it? Whitebridge? It was Whitebridge they ran into. There's a fade, fade in Whitebridge. That's and the one that Tom asked that to fight. Ta- Tom fight. So you add that in here. You know, they ran in, well, they saw a fade talking to some to a bar, you know, a tavern keeper or something in one of the towns while they were getting onto a, 
a wagon. That was the last one. I forget the last what the name town. of it is, but the last village, yeah. Yep. So they encountered a fate in two different places. One was a fight, you know, mm -hmm. with you know, where Tom saved them. So you combine all these together and you basically get what we got here mm -hmm. with the slaughter of a family. Don't like the yeah. slaughter of the family, but you know, that's what you're gonna have when you get the fade. It takes yeah. over for the ruining of a town. Of course, for all we know, we might still get something along the lines of White Bridge get devastated, but I don't I have a feeling I don't think so. I have a feeling because we won't. There won't be any more big like set pieces for them, I doubt. You know, I mean Rafe kind of warned us like the big, you know, big changes in Matt and Perrin's, you know, story were like, well, we can't have 15 different locations, right. you know, we yep, have right. to cut it down. So. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think we're going to see anything more, but, you know, it, 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 that's probably it. So I, I think it's a good adaptation. I mean, there's so little of the books in this episode. I mean, there, there, yeah. there's hints there's hints of the books in this episode outside of parent and Wayne. i mean that's the they closest. were most that was the most similar yeah yeah that was the most like the books but and you know i'm not glenn buey at all this episode you know wow. uh, the book purist in me sitting back and like okay take it you know Go ahead, Glenn. You, you you can enjoy this episode because this episode was just damn good, and I really enjoyed the way I I really enjoyed the adaptation and change the way they the, the way they did everything with, especially with the Grinwells. They they boiled all that down, the essence of their travels down, mm -hmm. and the essence down with. With, with Tom and Matt and Rand, and, and down to what we saw tonight, it just it worked. It, I think it worked. But, you know, I, I can't imagine trying to do it any other way at this point, unless you had more episodes than eight episodes. Mm -hmm. You know, so and even two up two more episodes wouldn't be enough. You'd have to go thirteen episodes, which really would have nobody made, does yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes 13 happens but 13 yeah. would have made sense thematically you know <laughs> yeah um, i'll i will mention that there's one little bit that i thought was kind of in this for matt and rand in this um episode that was kind of pulled from the books was um when they're in the the barn and rand says to matt basically like i'm here uh, you know i'm not going to leave you that that whole thing and because there were both of those kind of moments for the two of them on the road in the in the book where like you know each of them is kind of like you know being there for the other one when the one because yeah. they're both sick at different points and yep. um and so it, it was kind of like that um but you're right you know there's nothing very little that's like a direct lift you know this scene is you know exactly from the book and but it's more like you take all these elements that people remember from those sequences in the book and you rearrange them and you you know turn it into something that is much more streamlined but has that essence of their experience so rebecca what was your I'm next. Time? okay so as as you mentioned i would say you know the parent and Egwene 
storyline in this episode was the most similar to the books. I don't think there was, you know, major departures there. So for me, I think the the biggest thing, you know, if you really look at it from a, a you know a macro uh, perspective, was the combination of having Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve meet up with the party of Aes Sedai and Loghain. And, you know, everything that happened um, in that part of this episode stemmed from that decision, like we're going to bring these groups together. And what I love is, you know, if you think about what Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve are doing in this section of the book, when they're separated from the others, they're not doing much. Like they're just tracking the others. You have a couple of naive chapters where we basically see they're, you know, um, they're they're tracking the others. They're they're trying to follow them and find them. And you know, we can kind of infer that there's some stuff happening. You know, but we never really see scenes of it, right? We yeah. don't really see scenes of naive and and land. Uh, falling in love and um and they're just they're not doing anything particularly interesting but here you get all of these really rich scenes by bringing these groups together and of course the decision also to put more of Loghain's story on screen where it was all off screen in the eye of the world and you know so he's an interesting character and there's all these great benefits of getting to see a man who can channel, see something of what the madness might look like, see what it looks like to have all these followers and, you know, the damage that they can do to have all these people following you because they believe that you're the dragon reborn and to see what a man goes through when he is gentle. There's so much richness that we get from including Logan's storyline. And, you know, I wasn't sure how they would do it, but in this, you know, we've really seen that we're only really seeing that in connection with our main group, right? We weren't just like off following Loghain episodes ago. We, he comes into the story when Moraine meets him. And so it's just, I, I think it was, a, you know, a great choice. And, and we get all, you know, Nynaeve learning about Aes Sedai and Warders. And you get to see some of the, the dynamics among the sisters. You just basically get all of this information that we don't get until much later in the story and you get to bring it forward and you give these three essential characters something really interesting to do in these scenes. I agree. But I mean, it's all, you know, completely, you know, different. Nothing yeah. about that is the same. It all- was not there, yeah. Yep, it just wasn't, and, none of that happened. But yet and, everything worked. And, yeah. It was some of my favorite stuff in this show yet. Yeah. And it was all completely original. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not even something that you could infer from the books because none of it. Yeah, I I know. I mean, there might be one or two things that like her walking up and finding him with his little prayer yeah, you know, that sure. might have happened in the book, you know, in the time of the books, yeah. but Jordan just didn't write about it. And you could have had, you know, the, the sisters have captured Loghain, that happened in the book, and they're tra- they're taking him, you know, towards right. Tarpalon, that happens. And but, I suppose you could have a thing where some of his followers try to break him free and they're not successful. Like, we don't know about any of that, but right. that could have happened. But Land, so, Warren, and Nynaeve were nowhere we're near them. Right, they were not there. with them. Um, so yeah, but you're right. Very little of this, you know, 
could have occurred how we saw it in the book. And but, yet I love um, it. And yeah, yet I great. loved it. I loved every totally moment great. of it just about. Yeah. I, it just gave us so much more. You know, there's the, you can, you just get so much from these scenes that you wouldn't get from having a few scenes of like, you know, them tracking basically. I was doubtful when we got some of the, uh, I, I can't, you can't, well, I guess some of it was leaked when we got the, uh, what are they, uh, the audition videos, yeah. transcripts, yeah. The, the, tra the, the, the transcripts with the sides used for the auditions. Right. And there were, there were tapes of like women auditioning to for Leandrin and it had a lot of and, these and several of the, several of these. Yes. And we were getting the, picking up on the fact that Lan, Nynaeve and Moiraine were going to be hooking up, up with these. We're like, oh, okay. So that's happening. And this is months and months, even a year ago, we were getting getting this information. We're like, what's going on here? We're trying to extrapolate and kind of had a year or so to get acclimated to this idea. So that mm -hmm. might be why I'm not so opposed to it. I don't know. I just I mean, maybe it certainly makes it less like surprising. But I mean, I think the scenes are so great that regardless, I would yeah. have just been like, these I are mean, great scenes. You know? I think about it. I, I you would think that the book purist me, Glenn Buey, would be upset about it, but Glenn oh. Buey's not coming out. Something I, I can say from the fan base is that a lot of the book purists really did want to add more to Logan's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A and lot there, of book guys wanted. That. There's really yeah, no good reason not to do that. And the thing is, if you look at the stuff that was added in the in these particular scenes in this episode. It wasn't replacing something where you were like, oh, but I really wish I instead had gotten, you know, this this scene of, um, you know, Moraine and, and Lan arriving in a, a village and, you know, figuring out that, oh, you know, like they could have had them arrive in Green Spring and be like, oh, Rand and Matt were here, you know, like, who cares, right? Like, we're not really missing something that where we're like, oh, you know, I really wish I'd gotten that. Right. I mean, I'm surprised at how much I'm enjoying stuff that's nowhere near the book. I got, I used to get so upset watching the Dusty Wheel when they would do their, you know, their adaptation, their live mm -hmm. adaptation. Oh. <laughs> and they would cut stuff and I'd be in the chat. No, you can't The only one that this. really made me mad was them being like, oh, let's cut loyal. Like, how dare oh, you? <laughs> that, that was bad. Um, the whole cutting already blowing the horn oh yeah well there was the that, yeah. that, that and then was, i was just like come on that's that like was, that was that was that was horrible that let was that, blow. yes now that's gonna be like donald blow doesn't work donald, as good donald better we'll blow to, that horn we'll come up with another one <laughs> so so anyway what do you got for us max mine basically has to do with channeling in this episode and how they may have changed some of the mechanics around shielding we know that they're they made a lot of the channeling more visible to non-channelers. We know there are certain effects that even though say Logan can't actually see Nynaeve wheeling the healing, there are certain light effects that are happening that he can see. And like with the shielding, there are some uh, aspects in the books and in the show that are they work together but other parts that are like, what's going on here? Uh, for shielding, normally it, when the shield takes place, they're just cut off from the source. They can't even 
grab it and wield it. But in the show, he has almost like a physical shield around him, almost like Sedar is covering him and Sedane's on the inside trying to get out. And he's like doing stuff inside that shield. But from how the books work, he shouldn't be able to do anything in there except for trying to get out of the shield. And when Stepan's axe broke the Sedar barrier, his Sedane just kind of destroyed and sent shrapnel everywhere. Yeah. And that's like that, you know, shields are a spirit weave. They're not a physical construct. Right. But in this is like they were a physical shield. They were holding him in place. If he's being shielded, he could run off. But in this case, the shield is actually holding him down. There might have been two separate weaves going on there at the same time. It's hard to say. It could be yeah. a number of things. We don't really know. Uh, I know some people were mad that uh, Nine healing weave, for instance, healed everyone in the room. But we do have uh, cases where that did actually happen in the books. Someone had mentioned like Nynaeve healed someone with a grievous injury, but small cuts on them around her were healed as well. So that is in the books. Uh, we know you don't have to be physically touching someone to heal them. Mm-hmm. Right. Otherwise, Rand would never be able to heal Bella while he's three horses ahead of her. Three oh, fresher. Right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And no, right. Nynaeve, maybe different wheat, but yeah. yeah. Same Ni- kind no, of idea. Notice right. yeah. Nynaeve does not leave scars when she heals. And yeah. neither neither did Loghain. When Loghain, oh, yeah. when Loghain healed King, King, the king's shoulder, he didn't leave a scar. There was no scar left. Well, in yeah. the books, we know that Nynaeve used the correct healing weave, whereas Asadi used the the battle healing weave. They used three. They only used three powers, where Nynaeve uses all five. Yeah. They're doing, like, the conserving power medic type. Gotcha healing you mm-hmm. on the spot using your own healing to do it that i think they literally said that someone like a forsaken or somebody mentioned that it's a it's like they're like mash you know okay see, yeah. I'll, I'll admit i'm i'm disappointed so far with the weaves and how the one power looks i mean yeah it's it's pretty to look at but it just looks like regular old any old magic from any old fantasy story to me it doesn't look like the ingenious creative weaves and the one power that has rules to it that the wheel of time has it's it's not it's not that it's not right to me i it's not what i was hoping for it you don't see actual weaves nothing looks like the only thing that looked like a weave of any sort was when she called down lightning in the first episode when it went all it went went into a helix that's the closest to looking like any sort of woven feature that we've seen yet everything else has just been you know my two thoughts on that is like we have the naive segments of healing and that just makes me anticipate Rand's scene at the end of the series even more yeah just by how spectacular it looked he's gonna be it's just gonna be insane but as far as like the seeing the actual weaves i think come season two when we get into the tower we're gonna start seeing more cloaks up minute the weaves actually doing the things and, as we're actually training them, so it's obvious to the reader or the viewer what they're actually doing. And hopefully see different colors of threads for each different power. Yep. Maybe, yeah. That's what I think will happen, but it could go either way. Yep. All right, so now we come to reading the pattern. The predictions for the next episode or rest of the season, based on what we know from the books and or the trailers and so far this season. Max, you're up next. What do you got for the rest of the season? Well, I'll cheat and read off what IMDb lists for the episode. Wow. I never it's, would have thought of doing that. Yeah. It says, Perrin and Gwyn run into a familiar face. 
Mads and Rand sees a strange one. Moraine and Land mourn their loss. Uh, to me, it's obvious that Perrin and Egwene are going to meet Valda. Mm-hmm. And there's a very good possibility in my mind that they're going to attack the Tinkers. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, the Matt and Rand see a strange one, they're gonna they're gonna meet Loyal. Yeah. Uh possibly at Tarvalon. Cause I think that's kind of where people were theorizing they're gonna meet him at some inn near Tarvalon. And obviously Moraine and Lan are gonna mourn mourn Kareen. And probably meet at Tarvalon. And if we're lucky, that's where we see that one short clip we saw with Nynaeve and Egwene meeting up in the tower. Yeah, I don't... Go ahead, Rebecca. No, no, go, go for it. I, I don't think that particular, the Nynaeve and Egwene meeting up in Tarvalon, I don't think that particular reunion's going to happen until episode six. I agree with that. Yeah. The Flame of Tarvalon. My prediction, I don't, I, I fully agree with you on what's probably going to happen next week, this next episode. My predictions for what's coming up next actually go towards episode six, The Flame of Tarvalon, for which we'll have a special guest, by the way, everybody. Um, my prediction for that is Moiraine's going to be in deep doo doo for what everybody just did this, this episode in gentling Loghain. And it's going to be on Moiraine's head because she's the one who's the most powerful channeler there and she's the one who should have been, no, 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 we shouldn't do this. Even though she's not the one who should be the head of the uh, the uh, the mission. The, 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 the uh, yeah, mission, the, the, the envoy, you know, the, the the group that should but you're probably... saying like since Kareni died, she was the official head of the mission, and since she died, it then should go well, to whoever the, was the most powerful. The official head of the mission was Karene. And if Moiraine hadn't been there when Karene died, it would have gone probably to Leandrin, I'm guessing. Yeah. Just it, it seemed like Leandrin was the second most powerful, not just maybe in channeling ability. But I'm not sure between her and Alana, but either, yeah. yeah, possibly. But in influence, it seems Leandrin had the most influence. But with Moiraine showing up and her ability in the one power, that throws everything, it, it, that muddles everything up. Now, they haven't introduced to the viewers yet the Aes Sedai pecking order system which I think they could easily do in one episode, you know, mm-hmm. this next episode. And this would be the perfect way to do that. And which I'm talking about episode six, right? I know we're coming up on five, but they could easily introduce that and show that Moraine would now be, because she is the problem. I'm sure Moraine's the most powerful channeler there now after Karene's death she should be in charge because that's just the way I said I do things. And she should have stopped the gentling, but she went along with it. And so that's why everything's coming down harder on her. At least it seems like that from what we mm-hmm. see in the trailers there in the hall of the sitters and why she's sitting there with everybody else in the hall. 
because she took part in it. And why she's probably going to be taking some oath uh, or something on the, on, on the oath rack. That's my guess. Okay. I can't know for sure. That's just, just my guess. Um, I'll kind of build off a little bit on some of the things that Max said, where I, I think um, for the, the White Cloaks, I agree that they're going to, you know, I don't know if they'll like just straight out attack the Tinkers or, but like, you know, they'll come across the Tinkers and probably seeing Perrin and Egwene there, you know, warning bells are going to go off because they were already kind of like encountering them and had some, you know, questions about them. So I, you know, things are going to go in a bad direction there. Um, I, what I'm hoping is that when we see that shot uh, in the in the trailer where Aram is lying on the ground, I hope that that he's alive. But I hope that what he that we get to see him sort of like witness, you know, perhaps some harm comes to the tankers, um, which I'm not hoping for, but it would be, you know, interesting from his, you know, character standpoint if it did. But even if that doesn't happen, he'll be seeing Egwene and Perrin being taken and he's not going to be able to do anything about it. You know, following the way of the leaf, there's nothing he can do about it. And I think that if they're, you know, if they're keeping Aram around and developing his character in the way that happens in the books, then this could be a really interesting moment in that direction that his character takes. So, and then I think we'll, you know, we'll have, you know, some pretty interesting scenes of like Wayne and Perrin with the white cloaks. I also am going to predict that when it comes time for them to escape, they're not going to have the level of help that they had in the book, that they will get help from the wolves. The wolves will help Perrin escape. And, you know, maybe Egwene will have to do some more potent channeling as well to, to get them out. Um, but uh, so I think a lot of that would happen in this next episode. And I do think that Rand and Matt will get to Tarvalon in the next episode um, and meet Loyal at, at an inn there. And I think that Basil Gill will be the innkeeper. And I would say that I don't know quite how they're going to get there. I kept theorizing before that they might end up having to take a boat to get there, which might still happen. I don't have any reason to think that other than logistically it gets them there faster. As to Perrin and Egwene, I, I do fully think they're going to get rescued by wolves. There's an outside possibility that there might be a two-leg running with them mm. when the wolves rescue them from the white cloaks. Yeah. We we know we know that there's a wolf attack on a white cloak camp. Right. That's from old leaked video of a wolf yeah. jumping off a raised platform to attack a guy in a white yeah. cloak armor. Just a brief little snippet video that leaked like a year and a half, two years ago. You know, and you could see a white cloak tent in the background. That that'll be know, the next episode. Yeah. That'll be the next next episode, maybe episode six. They, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking... Next, depends on how long they stay captured. We know they get captured. We presume they get captured this next episode. Yeah, I think that because, has to happen. Yeah. Because we know, we know Aram's only in three episodes. Yes. So yeah. that would have to be this episode that we see him go bye-bye, however he goes bye-bye. 
Uh, hopefully just temporarily bye-bye. Hopefully. Because, gosh, I want him back when we go back to the Two Rivers so bad. So here's one. And I figure if they do carry out his storyline and he does take something out of that barrel next to the door, when he does that, I think he's going to shave his head, too. He's going to get rid of Mm. all those dreads. Okay. Just because it fits, you know, like every movie and TV show, you know, the guy goes to arm up. It's like, shave that head. Got to go. Okay. So what do you think the cold open is going to be this time? I don't know. I I have ideas for every other remaining episode, what the cold open will be, except for episode five. I don't know. Because title is what blood calls blood. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that something with Fane? It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but Fane's only could, supposed to be in one episode. Maybe. I mean, they're, I don't know. IMDb now has them listed in episode seven and eight as well. I don't know if I trust that because IMDb can definitely be wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I was just on the page. But maybe. It might list him on this one. I'm not sure. No, unless it's episode one and seven and eight is where he's listed. So I don't think he'll actually appear, um, but there could be hints of him again. I hope that there will. There have been hints of him. Oh, missiles. Missiles, yeah. So I wasn't clicked into the episode. Mm -hmm. But uh, guess who is on the episode list? For episode five? Balda. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely get, we're going to see Balda. Logan's on the list. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's see. Aram, Ivan, Mackam, Rain. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, and Loyal. Yes. Loyal is definitely in there. Yeah. Yep. We knew he was at the table read for this episode. He had the yep. script. So. But nothing that really indicates a cold opening character. We have I nothing. See. I don't think we have anything to go on for this. I really don't know what it's going to be. I'm, I'm, it'll be fun to be surprised. I have no idea. It might be the White Cloaks attacking. I really do think they're attacking the, the, the Tinker Caravan. The Tinker Caravan Maybe. scatters. Maybe the cold opening is the wolf attack. But like it seems like it's too early for that, and like the all the other ones have be been after. flashbacks. Like you know, I don't uh, know. Every every other cold open has been a flashback. The wolves would be attacking after they've been captured. Back. Yeah. So the flashback, I have no idea. I mean, unless they decide to do a flash forward, but that would be super confusing after they've been doing yeah. flashbacks the whole time. That's me. That's why they found a pair and the wolves attacked them, and they followed the wolves, and they found the tinkers. Mm. Never Maybe. know. Well, I am very curious about the cold open because I truly don't know. I feel like I have an idea of what all the rest of them are going to be, but not this one. So that leaves just a category that we don't always have. And I hate to admit to, and all those IELR peers out there on Twitter are going to love to hear me say, but I have toe. That's the category. That's the segment of our show where one of us, whoever has it, says it, Admits to being wrong about something they said before. Well, they said the Tinker Wagons don't have color, but boom. As you can see by the picture I just put on screen, yeah, the Tinker Wagons do have plenty of color. I'm sorry. I was wrong. (laughs) I have toe. And then a few weeks ago, I said this picture here was random them standing on a city wall. But as you can see, 
when they backed out from it, and you can see it in the episode. Nope, they were clearly standing on cliffs. So again, Glenn was wrong. I admit it. I have toe. I am sorry. I can admit when I'm wrong. I can admit when I was wrong. So there you go. We hope you've had a great night, everybody. Great time. Thank you for watching us. We will be back soon with another episode. You can check us out on Twitter. And we even have a TikTok. Everybody's Twitter handles in the description. Of course, you see it on the screen right now, too. So thanks for joining us. You all have a great evening. And don't forget to be awesome.